Welcome to SNAP, survivors of narcissistic and abusive personalities. This educational recovery podcast is presented by Claremont Mental Health and Mandy Friedman, licensed professional clinical counsellor. This presentation contains vital information for survivors of abuse. Topics include the spectrum of abusive personalities, targets of abuse, abusive relationships, and survivors in recovery. We hope this information helps you gain solid footing and clarity as you navigate your road to recovery. Good morning, everyone. We have with us today Ashley Kilgore. Ashley, you're back. I am. Ashley's with Integrative Counseling Solutions, and she's a SNAP counselor like me, Mm -hmm. and has been trained on all of our SNAP topics and works with SNAP clients. Um, If you're interested in seeing Ashley, go to their website at iCounselingSolutions.com. Dot org. Dot org. Mm -hmm. I like the letter I, CounselingSolutions.org, mm-hmm. and you can figure out how to make an appointment with Ashley. Mm-hmm. Um, today we're going to talk about grieving the abuser or grieving the abusive relationship. And when I say abuser or abusive, we could also insert toxic mm-hmm. or we could insert the word manipulative. Mm-hmm. But the point is just that after a while, um, we may decide that we don't want to have someone in our life anymore because they're abusive, because of uh, them not being able to change their nature, whatever the reasons may be. Um, a lot of us have decided that, you know what, I, I just cannot uh, spend time with this person anymore. But what happens is, naturally, even though we're doing the right thing for ourselves, Mm -hmm. it still really, really hurts. It's really, really difficult. Mm -hmm. And so Ashley has noticed with her clients as well that they do their fair share of grieving, Mm -hmm. um, and my clients grieve as well. So we're gonna talk first about why we grieve abusive people, because Mm -hmm. I think that for someone who has never experienced this before that they would assume that well if he's if they're such a jerk why are you still with them yeah why, why are you still <clears throat> struggling with this you should be over mm-hmm. it by now right get You're over gone it. right this is what you <clears throat> wanted isn't it mm-hmm. isn't this what you've been talking about and now you have it and now you're sad and you miss them mm-hmm. you know so you might have friends or supportive figures that you're trying to process these feelings with and they're like not having it <laughs> you know no. like they're not having it at all uh, and so then you're kind of alone in that feeling and, and you know, trying to figure it out. Oh, why do I feel this way? Is it because I did the wrong thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go through some of our, our reasons as to why we grieve. Mm-hmm. And the first one that we came up with is that even though we're doing the right thing, like I said, it still really, really hurts. You know, can you think of other things that we do that mm-hmm. we know that we're supposed to do because it's the right thing to do, but it's also not fun and it really, really hurts? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I always like to say, like, all all losses need to be grieved. I mean, we could be in a really crappy job situation mm-hmm. and leave it, and that's something that we still have to grieve, like, whether it's a job loss you know, I think a lot of people, when they think of grief, they think of, like, a physical loss, like somebody has passed away, and, like, that's the only type of grief, and that's just not true. It can be job loss, it can be a relationship loss, it can even be moving to a different city or a different place, 
And so all of these losses have to be grieved. And, you know, sometimes it's it's a good change for us, but sometimes it's, it, I mean, it's, it's all hard and mm-hmm. it's all difficult. So basically <clears throat> you're saying that we can grieve people, places, and things mm-hmm. for a number of different reasons. Absolutely. Um, and that that's sort of just like a natural thing mm-hmm. is being a human. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention. Duh. <laughs> Ashley is a grief counselor. Mm-hmm. That's why this topic was so perfect <laughs> to do with her. I forgot to say that. Not only is she a SNAP counselor, but she's a grief expert. So, mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we grieve a bunch of different things mm-hmm. and that that's okay and that's really super normal. And like you said, even if it's an improvement, mm-hmm. you know, like even if you're moving into a bigger, nicer house, mm-hmm. Uh, you still might grieve that other house because mm-hmm. that's where you had your babies, you yeah. know, or that's where you lived with your first, you know, mm-hmm. or that was your first apartment when you moved out of your parents' house yeah. or, you know, so we're going to grieve those things even when it is something that shows we're growing, mm-hmm. even when it's something that we know we're doing, you know, the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, I don't know, recently... I have, and this isn't the same as grieving, but, you know, recently I have realized that I have some food sensitivities. Mm -hmm. I have to not eat those foods now. Yep. And one of them is garlic. Garlic's so good. So that's (laughs) pizza, pasta. Garlic bread. I mean, so (laughs) many things, right? Mm -hmm. And... uh, even though I feel way better, mm-hmm. and yeah. even though I know it's the right thing, I'm mm-hmm. still looking at that pizza going, oh, mm-hmm. I want to eat that pizza. I know it's not the same, but mm-hmm. in a way, if you've never had an abusive relationship and, and you're wondering, how is it that we're mm-hmm. still feeling you know, anything for this mm-hmm. person? It's just, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's really, really hard, especially if you're an empathetic type Mm -hmm. of person we're going to get more into that empathy Mm -hmm. piece here in just a second um and then something you had mentioned a moment ago was that it's not necessarily that we're grieving for them Mm -hmm. it's that we're grieving for what we thought we had with them yeah um or grieving the dream that we were working towards Mm -hmm. so how do we dream i mean so you can you in a way that means you can grieve an imagined reality yes Absolutely. Um, and, I, and I hear it a lot with the clients that I work with. It's they're not once they've opened their eyes to who this person is and how they they really treat them and who they really are. We're not necessarily grieving not being with that person anymore. We're grieving what we thought we had. And especially because toxic and abusive people are really good at creating this image and this mask. And so we think everything's great until the mask slips or something happens and that whole image is shattered. But up until that point, it was pretty good. And so we're grieving what we thought we had with them. So, it, you know, we're not in this. And I think sometimes, too, that is what gets misunderstood by the people on our lives, like family, friends, the supportive people that you mentioned earlier. It's, why, it's, it's hard to explain. It's like I'm not grieving this person, per se. I'm grieving what I thought we had. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's some, for some people, that's hard to understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I sympathize with that as well as having been, um, you know, in my personal life, it's different when you're working, mm-hmm. you know, but in mm-hmm. my personal life, I've had in the past some people that I was very, very close with um, and loved very much, but they were engaged with abusive people. Mm-hmm. And since that's something that I've decided I can't have in my life, 
in in that intimate way, mm-hmm. um, then I was not able to be friends with these people anymore. Um, because in my personal life, I can't handle the roller coaster right. of loving someone mm-hmm. who's in that abusive cycle is very triggering and bad for me. Mm-hmm. So making that decision for myself, I wasn't even. I wasn't even cutting an, my abuser out mm-hmm. of my life. Mm-hmm. I was cutting someone else's abuser right. out of my life, right? Mm-hmm. So, but I, of course, would grieve those relationships, mm-hmm. even though I knew I was making the right decision for me. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, okay, and then, oh, yeah, this is a good one. So, mm-hmm. you know, you grieve intimate partners, but you mm-hmm. also grieve family members. Yes. And I would say that when someone has been abused by their parent, whether it's their father or their mother, that really just adds a whole nother level mm-hmm. of complication here. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, you know, what would it be like for someone who was, say, you know, molested by mm-hmm. their parent, by their father, mm-hmm. and then now the father is aging? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also having maybe even to take care of mm-hmm. this person who had abused us. Yeah. I mean, how complicated is that for somebody? It's crazy complicated, and it can be really, really confusing, too, because I think as a society, there's this idea that family's family no matter what. And so when you add on a layer of abuse and, and just being in a really toxic relationship with a family member... I definitely think there's kind of this push and pull of like, well, I need to separate myself from this person, but oh, wait a second, that's my dad, and I can't really do that. Um, and I think there's also you have to kind of grieve. And I don't know if we mentioned this earlier, but like grieving what maybe you're supposed to have. Like if you mm-hmm. go and like everyone's going to father daughter dances and they're having a great time with their dad, and it's like, oh, I don't have that, mm-hmm. and that's that's really hurtful too. Mm-hmm. That's a really great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, so when things come up that remind us that that relationship is either no longer here or that it's broken, when you see someone else that has that a version mm-hmm. of it that seems like to be working, yeah, it's a reminder and then mm-hmm. you're feeling that grief feeling like, oh, I don't get to have that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then, you know, the reason why we grieve is that not everything was bad. There were good times, too, and that's what makes abusive relationships so difficult mm-hmm. is that not everything is bad, and um, and so you're going to grieve the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep in mind that it, it, it's not so black and white right. either. If, if you're someone who's never been in an abusive relationship or never been abused, when you're thinking about someone you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and trying to understand mm-hmm. what their life is like, um, just know that it's not always all bad, mm-hmm. and that abusive person or manipulative person is is quite skilled, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, at highlighting the good stuff yes. and minimizing the bad mm-hmm. stuff. That's they're really good at that. And then if you already have the instinctive need to have connection with that person, mm-hmm. or you have you know previously fallen deeply in love with that person Mm -hmm. and they're playing those kind of mind games you know it gets pretty murky Mm -hmm. yeah when you love someone who's also hurting you yes yeah well and I think it goes back to our point earlier where like with all losses 
you know, that job that we hated. Well, maybe we made some really good friends there. or Maybe we got the training that we needed to catapult our career into something else. Like, so it wasn't all bad. Like, there were some moments of good with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thinking about that, too, is sometimes that's the beautiful thing that comes out of Mm -hmm. the bad circumstances, Mm -hmm. that it pushes you in a direction that's either healthier for you or more beneficial Mm -hmm. to you. Um, Yeah. Okay, let me make sure that we... Oh, oh, oh okay. You do yeah. that one. So there is this concept, and it's called the sunk cost fallacy. Sunk cost fallacy. Yes. Okay. And so basically what it says is that the more time and money and effort that we put into something, the less light or the less agreeable we are to letting it go. So you may have, in, in somebody's life, like... Um, let's say, just because I heard this example the other day, like somebody starts selling like Mary Kay. Mm-hmm. You're, in order to do that, you're required to buy their products and, and invest a lot of time and money. And the more you do it, the the less likely you're going to be like, oh, yeah, this isn't working because there's some embarrassment there. There's some shame there. And so it's like, I have to make this work because of all this time and energy and money that I've put into it. And the same can be said of, of toxic and abusive relationships. Like, if we've invested so much into somebody, it's really, really hard to walk away from that. It's really, really hard to be like, okay, actually, no, this isn't working for me. It's like, I have to work harder to make this work. And abusers use that against us. Um, if we feel like there's something that we've done wrong or if there's something that we can do to, to better the relationship, you can bet we're going to do everything in our power to do so. But that never works. Mm-hmm. And you used the term walking away from it. And Mm -hmm. as you said, that is what my brain was saying, too, is walking away from it. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, one situation um, after the breakup, the survivor had realized that um, she had set up a sort of bill pay in her Mm -hmm. bank account to pay an electric bill. Mm -hmm and forgot to turn that off Mm. and had been sending money towards the abuser's electric bill Mm -hmm. and had noticed for like six months and to the tune of like, I don't know, it might have been almost a thousand dollars. And she literally is walking away from that. You're Mm -hmm. not going to get that. You're not going to recoup the money. You're not going to recoup the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And while we have seen it as an investment, I think that really is a, a, a representation of how our energy winds up flowing in these relationships, mm-hmm. how the direction that our resource flows in mm-hmm. in these relationships is that for us, it's flowing out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's our money, our time, attention, our feelings, our emotions. We're giving, giving, mm-hmm. it's, you know, heading this way always, mm-hmm. and we're investing, investing, and working harder and harder. And on the other end of it is take, 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 yeah. take, 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 take. Um, and, and I think that's just really interesting how, you know, we feel so invested, Mm -hmm. but it's been a black hole. It didn't land anywhere. You were just kind of throwing a cotton ball into space. You know, Mm -hmm. it really didn't have a place to be kept as an investment in the first place. Um, but because we, we recognize how much we have given, Mm -hmm. it feels like it's a waste. Yeah. And I think it's important to keep in mind that it's not a waste. Mm -hmm. That's just how we love. Yeah. And we'll continue to love that way, but next time we're going to do it with the right person. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh. Oh. 
Oh, we also feel sorry for them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I'll hear... They're like, I know I shouldn't care, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know I shouldn't be thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, Mandy, you say it's none of my business, <laughs> but but I just know that he can't possibly be happy because of the way that he's living, and I just mm-hmm. know that you know it has to be miserable for him. And da, da, da. he has such an abusive family himself, yeah. and he has nobody on his side. Mm-hmm. And, right. Yeah. So we'll still even feel sorry for mm-hmm. them. Um, and then, you know, for some people, an abusive relationship, if it's an intimate partner, is a very intense relationship. Mm-hmm. And if that's your version or the only version you've experienced of what a love a romantic relationship is like, uh, because it was so intense, we fear that we're never going to feel that intensely mm-hmm. for someone else in another relationship. So basically, I love this person so much I don't think I can ever love that way again. Mm-hmm. And I would say that you will love that way again, but you're going to learn that that version of love wasn't actually a healthy love mm-hmm. um, and that the new version of love you're going to practice um, is just different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just different, but it's it's more of an actual investment, yes. you know, yes. <laughs> where you're getting some returns mm-hmm. and it's more balanced. Mm-hmm. So there's not much of that, like, push-pull mm-hmm. going on. Right. Um, okay, so now let's talk about how should we grieve them in a healthy way? Mm-hmm. Because I want people to walk away from this with some ideas of, okay, you're saying I'm going to grieve, but how do I grieve? Right. And since you're a grief expert, <laughs> this is a perfect chance to get some really good ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give two of mine really quickly because I've talked about both of these before quite a bit. Mm -hmm. One is to write a goodbye letter and we want to juxtapose good things against bad things Mm -hmm. because it's important to to recognize that these relationships um, have some really good things about them too. Um, And so you write in the first paragraph or page goodbye to the bad stuff. And this could be a narrative or just a list, whatever you decide. and then the second portion would be saying goodbye to the good things. Say goodbye when we brought our baby home from the hospital. Say goodbye to that house we were going to buy when we retire um, and those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second part is <coughs> some of us will get into this sort of like romanticizing mode later mm-hmm. on. If it's, well, I mean, even if it's a familial relationship, we, we'll romanticize the relationship, we'll idealize it. In other words, we'll get stuck on that good stuff and go, mm-hmm. wait, why did I, why did I, why am I not talking to my mom again? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's Christmas time and maybe mm-hmm. I, you know. Okay, what I'd like you to do is I want you to make a fact list. Mm-hmm. And these are observable, tangible facts. And when you are feeling that cognitive dissonance, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, oh, I want you to get that fact list out and read it to yourself. Keep yeah. it on your phone. Keep it private. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, or keep it somewhere where you can just get it out, take a mm-hmm. peek and go, oh, right, right, right. That's right. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Um, you know, she, uh, you know, she, my, my mother let me live with a broken limb for six months mm-hmm. before she took me to the doctor because she was too busy, mm-hmm. you know, with her boyfriends and, and out drinking at the bars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so these are facts about why the person is abusive and mm-hmm. things that they've done to you. Right. And um, can you continue on with some of these? Yeah. So um, kind of along, it's along the same lines as the fact sheet. Um, you can write a letter to yourself. 
Uh, I don't know if anyone's ever seen How I Met Your Mother, but there is this one episode. So Ted is like the main guy, and he's in this relationship with somebody named Robin, and it's it's not a relationship that works. So they have different goals for themselves. They have different things that they want out of life, but of course it's like a very back and forth, and it's all played up. It's it's a comedy, but. He always writes letters to himself after the ends of relationship, even relationships that may have been healthy that just weren't a good fit for him. It's like, this is why it doesn't work. And he reads those letters to himself like, dear Ted, it didn't work with Robin because she wants to travel the world and you want to settle down on that family and she doesn't want to do that. So it's along the same lines as like a fact letter is that you can write it to yourself and be like, this is why it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like past you talking to future you because like Mandy mentioned we do tend to romanticize um people once they've either you know once they're out of our lives whether it is through a physical loss because I've worked with people who you know somebody who maybe wasn't the best person alive once they've passed it's very easy to be like well you know he actually worked really hard for his family and like we're not going to talk about the time that he like kicked my dog in front of me but you know he was just and so we have to be careful not to go down that rabbit hole so we want to keep a a realistic view Mm -hmm. a truthful view Mm -hmm. of of what happened and like we've said before the truth is that there were really, really bad things. Mm-hmm. But there was also some good things in there, yeah. too. Um, and that's the truth, right? We're doing fact-based, truthful stuff mm-hmm. here. Um, let yourself cry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Crying is not weakness, guys. It's not a, a sign of being weak if you cry. Yeah. Um, crying is cathartic. Absolutely. Um, it's good for the soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it forces you to sort of sit in the pain, mm-hmm. and when we sit in the pain, that's when we're processing. Yes. The more we sit in that pain, the less power it has over us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and if you're one of these, like, taskmaster-type organized people, um, I've suggested at times to have organized crying. Yes. You know, like, mm-hmm. if you're feeling especially tearful today... You know, perhaps you know you have a break this afternoon at just such and such a time. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go out to your car and you're just going to cry. Yeah. You know, and get it out. And then when your break's over, come back in, you know, put some cold water in yeah. your face, get back to work. Mm-hmm. So I think some of us don't want to cry. They don't want to sit in the feeling is because mm-hmm. we're afraid we're going to lose control. Mm-hmm. We're afraid we're going to go down the rabbit hole and not be mm-hmm. able to come back out. Basically, yeah. that's not what happens. Nope. That happens when we try to push it down. Yeah. We, I've worked with plenty of people who are grieving and it's like, I'm, I got too much going on. I have, I can't, I'm not dealing with this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it in a box and I'm going to shove it down. That works for a little bit, very, very briefly, but eventually grief kind of oozes out and it, it doesn't stay very for long. So we can either, um, I've always, one of my favorite metaphors is like, imagine you've got this big gaping wound on your arm. It's through, it's there through no fault of your own. It's something that happened to you. And yes, to stitch it up and put antibiotics and take medicine for it, it hurts, but it's going to help us heal better over time. Whereas if we just kind of ignore it and leave it alone, yeah, it might feel good in the moment, but eventually becomes infected and there's pus and ooze and um, we're in a worse off situation. So. so you're saying that grieving is a way of addressing our emotional wounds. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's great. Thank <laughs> you. I love that. Um, oh, something that I wind up saying a lot is don't equate these bad feelings as 
with evidence, like mm-hmm. as if it's evidence that you've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Doing the right thing is often the most painful experiences that we yes. have. Yes. You know, if I go back in my life about like the most painful stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's when I am actually trying mm-hmm. to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so sometimes when we have those feelings, we think, oh, well, I feel bad, so therefore mm-hmm. I am bad, or what mm-hmm. I did was bad. It's just, no, this is how it feels. Mm-hmm. I mean, who is it that's able to just walk away from the relationship without being affected by it? Them. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the psychopaths, the yes. narcissists, yes. they're the ones that will walk away with no problem whatsoever mm-hmm. um, and not grieve. For a second, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're going to sleep perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, we're the ones that are tossing and turning. So, um, and then you had mentioned this. Yes. So with grief, I think the biggest thing that I, I, I tell people is to be gentle with yourself. Um, you have to be patient. Grief is not one of those things where you can be like, okay, I'm going to be done with it by this day and move on with my life. Um, I hear a lot of, well, it's been a year and I'm still really sad. So there's something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. Um, you have to be gentle with yourself. One of my, um, techniques that I like to teach people is the double standard method. Imagine, you know, somebody that you love and care about, somebody who's healthy, but somebody that you love and care about has come to you and they're saying all these things like, oh, it's been a year. Why am I so-? What would you say to that person? If you're an empathetic person, chances are you wouldn't say, oh, yeah, you're totally crazy for still being mm-hmm. hung Get on. Get over it. Get over it. Move on. You'd be <laughs> like, no, it's okay. I'm here to talk about it. So talk to yourself that same way you would talk to somebody that you love and care about who's going through the same situation you are. That's really good advice. Mm-hmm. What would you say to your best friend that you love so yes. much if, if they were saying the same thing to yeah. you? I, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um and uh oh and then these waves of grief mm-hmm. can hit you out of nowhere absolutely i mean you're just minding your own business going grocery shopping or sitting at a red light and yeah. bam right and the next thing you know you're sobbing or mm-hmm. sometimes you know grief can come out in different ways like anger yes right i yes. mean grief doesn't necessarily mean the you know crying and sadness it can also be frustration mm-hmm. and anger as yes. well um but just also keep in mind that not only does it hit us out of nowhere, but there are things that we encounter mm-hmm. that we know ahead of time are going to evoke those sort of emotions. Um, and we were making a list of those things. Mm-hmm. We said uh, places, songs, uh, holidays, anniversaries. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be traditions that maybe you guys had. Like if you went to opening day every single year, you know when opening day comes around, like it's probably going to be a heavy day for you. Um, or if there was a certain restaurant that you guys always went to, you probably aren't going to want to eat there anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's here's a confusing moment. Um, <laughs> so you might be grieving and romanticizing and then simultaneously remember something bad mm-hmm. that happened mm-hmm. at the same time. You know, yeah. like that really throws people for a loop. Yes. That they're, they get... They'll have like back to back switch ups mm-hmm. of, of God, I, you know, I really mm-hmm. am so glad this person's gone and what a jerk, but also I love them and I mm-hmm. miss them. And then, and then driving past and seeing something and then remembering something bad they did. Oh, right. In that, yeah. on that street, that's where he did or she mm-hmm. did such and such. You're passing the street. Mm-hmm. So, so you can sort of, in a way, guide your thoughts a little mm-hmm. bit um, and just be aware of 
you know, when you're around those things mm-hmm. that perhaps you might be having some sort of a response to it. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you're, if you're wanting to mm-hmm. do some organized grieving and you're having a hard time getting it up, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you could always, you know, yeah. you could always do some, some of that to jog your memory, mm-hmm. um, to get, to get things going mm-hmm. too. If you want to try to process some stuff. Okay. Well, we better end it because we've gone really long today. Yes. <laughs> All right. And I hope you have a great day. If you have any questions about this, please feel free to private message me. And, and also please send us more ideas. This yeah. was somebody's yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. We're doing this for you guys. So send us more ideas and have a good day. Bye. If you like this podcast, subscribe and leave us a review. Find Mandy Friedman, LPCC, CCDVC on YouTube and Facebook. Join the SNAP Survivors of Narcissistic and Abusive Personalities Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at The Official Snap. Thanks for listening.